never say die. Forty going on fourteen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Forty Going On Fourteen. I am Mike. I'm Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh, and it may be September, but literally no one could replace me. Uh, I think he left. <laughs> and he just bugs out. He's out. Is that a just dial like tone? That. Yeah, so uh, the the secret for September this week is uh, no sub? Nope. Well, you know, we our, ha- su- our sub Brian had to call off, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. Our, uh, yeah, our sub Brian, the uh, History of Bad Ideas intern, unfortunately had some... Uh, health issues. Both of his ears fell off, and uh, he was he unable has to. Internal bleeding. Internal uh, bleeding. Uh, and he has a um. No. Uh, I know he had an ovary flare up or something. I don't know. Maybe something like that. But anyway, long story short, it's just going to be the three of us. No, Josh. Josh has been. Uh, we'll, we'll call it pre-recorded for yours. Yeah. Listening pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Pleasure. So if you like pleasure. Then oh crap! This is Josh's thing. Yeah. If I you know. like pleasure, you will like things on the Geek Life Radio. I don't know. I don't know how to do this. He does yeah, it so which well. Which we're on there at twelve noon on Saturdays. Uh, tune in and hear us then while you're out. Uh, Everything spiders. is upside down. I don't know what to do. <laughs> while you're out spelunking, listen to us. You can find us on geekliferadio.com/podcast. Forty going on fourteen. Uh, all the other ones on there. They got what? All things Transformers. Other shows in there. Anime Trap House. HTML. All the things. And of course, Smorgasbord. Six. No, Joel. Foot, that's not it. Seven foot, eight <laughs> foot bunch. Daylight coming. Me one go home. Dale. Like you actually had it once at one point. We said yes, that's it, and you just so I, don't pretend you're looking for it. You're he does his he it. does his own thing. He has it. What is it? Exactly. But that wasn't it. So this is where we would have Brian plug Hobie, but since he's not here, you get no plug. No. Hobie. Uh, the House of Bad Ideas House? Is it house? House of Bad Ideas? That's why House of Bad Ideas. Yeah, history of Bad Ideas. Sorry, I don't know why House came out. <laughs> the House of Bad Ideas weekly oh, I novella. Know. I know why. Hobie it made it reminded me of um well never mind. Now I want pancakes. Hobie. Talking about Hobie, History of Bad Ideas. Uh, they are basically, yeah, well, okay. IHOP. You know, a Hobie, IHOP. Oh. Uh, yeah. It was yeah the anagram. House of Banana International. <laughs> house of Bran. International House of Bran. The House of Bran? Not, not Bran, you know, not Bran Stark. Bran. King of the North? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're looking for more of this. Yeah, can, this is why we need Josh. <laughs> Rain us in. You can find us at Google, Amazon, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, Podcast Addict. Yeah, we're all over the place. You can also give us a call at 78NOWRAP, 708-669-9727. You can join the conversation on Discord by clicking the Join Us link that's in the show notes. Yeah. There's a lot going on there. And uh, you can also find the link to the episode 400 question uh, spreadsheet that's been making the rounds. Um, yeah, we want to toss out to toss out to. We want to call out to uh, something fruity who has wanna... literally doubled the amount of questions that we have in there. We are you're a very inquisitive little fruit. You know that. Oh, since since we gave him the link, he's gone crazy. Oh, he has gone crazy. I'm not joking. We have twice last like last night two in the morning because he's like in the Netherlands. Is that right, Joel? Yeah, he's he's a, he's Danish. Yeah. So, oh, God, I would love a cherry Danish, Danish right now. Um, so he, like, like two in the morning last night, my phone, cause every time I get a new response on that, it goes, ba-ding! <laughs> so two in the morning, ba-ding! Ba-ding! you should change it to, 
My wife's like, what's that noise? I'm like, it's some crazy Norseman. He's messaging Norse? us. Norse? Yeah. Norse? Yeah. No, he's that's not, Norway. He's not Nor. Nor-, Nor- he's Norwegian. Danish, remember? Danish. There's some Danish. crazy Dane. Crazy Dane. He's, he's an attractive, Dane. attractive Danish man. He's, he's a great talented. Dane. Yeah, he is a great Dane. He really is. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, we actually do have the final of the five-part series. Is it? Of <laughs> Already? Yeah, it is. Oh, we're the, at part five. The, the mini-series. I thought we were only on part four. No, I thought Josh and I thought we were on part four, too, but we listened to him, and it is, the last one was he was talking about... Um, Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf, yes. So we are on the final. After this, we're going to start playing snippets of Shogun. That will be our next miniseries. <laughs> and then Roots after that. Is it, have you listened to 40 Going On 14? They're literally just playing the soundtrack to Shogun. What's up with that? That's kind of weird. Um, James Cavell is suing us. <laughs> so here we have Yvonne, number five. <laughs> A little bit of Yvonne in my life. I'm sorry. I just thought of that. <laughs> Yvonne, number five. Are you wearing Yvonne, number five? <laughs> smells wonderful. <laughs> Mm. Smells like you buried a chicken and cooked it. Oh, that was the right Ooh, answer. Uh, some... <laughs> <laughs> we did something right. Now, on to Yvonne. Uh, Yvonne from New Zealand again. Uh, I'm listening to more of your podcasts, of course. And it occurred to me, um, yeah, listening to your crickets uh, analogies, uh, you seem to have confusion over fours and sixes. Uh, a four is when the batsman hits the ball and it goes to the boundary of play. So usually to, you know, it hits the ground and it goes to the crowd. And a six is when it's on the full into the crowd. Uh, and then the singles, that's when they run between the wickets. So with a four and a six, you don't need to run. You just whack it, whack the ball into the crowd for a six or a four if it bounces on the ground. Uh, yeah, yeah, just wanted to make that point. Uh, listen to, um, uh, again, more episode. Which episode? I hate I to say I have. The gambler. the gambler. Oh, that's where he's at, probably. Yeah. He's in New Zealand, so he's in a fascist state right now. He's locked down. Um, so, okay, so a, a four, I'm guessing, would be equivalent to do equivalency to American sports. A four would be like a home run. Hit into kind of the what crowd. it sounds like, yeah. Yeah, and then a six would be in like an outfield home run, like the outfield flubs the ball and they wind up with a home run. Yes, I guess. I mean, it kind of sounds like that. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know enough about cricket to say you're wrong, but it sounds like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Part of the things that I'm in, in. Okay, this in being bored. I've been watching. I say bored, but I'm watching crickets. They don't have. You know, like how we have like this pie shaped. I think that's kind of one of the things like for us in our brain, we have this idea that cricket is played on like a quarter of a pie shaped field like baseball is. Yeah, I, that's accurate. That's kind of how I view it in my brain. A cricket is played on a on a big circle. So imagine being able to hit a home run and having the ball go behind you. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like they're in the middle of a giant, yeah, a giant circular field. I knew that at least. Yeah. Just- so huh. that's kind of that's kind of wackadoodle for us also, but yeah, it's not it's not in this like pie shaped field. It's like a full circle, so you can actually get a home run and hit the ball directly behind you in theory. Ah, <sighs> wackiness. I know. Well, Yvonne, it's been a five week road with you. I feel like I'm closer to you. I really do, and I really want you to come over and do a cookout at my place if you ever get to the stateside. And then we can watch cricket together, and you can walk us through it as the game is happening. We need to have a forty fest and watch cricket. 
And drink 40s? And drink 40s. Oh, God. See, Patrick thinks it's a good idea. Do not take my silence for clients. <laughs> yeah, I made that mistake once, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, almost 400 shows later, here he is. Oh, in the meantime, I think it's about that time. Yeah, I think so. This week in music, movies, and TV. And sports. 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 You need a, Can't still need a lozenge, man. Sports. There it is. Oh, by the way, who's going to do movies? We didn't discuss uh, oh. Rock, paper, scissors. Do well, I'll well, do no. it since it's in the middle of, you know. I, no, rock, paper, it. scissors. All right, ready? <laughs> I win. What'd you get? Scissors? Oh, I got a rock. You got to do it. I got dynamite. There's no dynamite. Oh, I'm playing a different game then. <sighs> okay. So this week we are going with April 7th, 1995, the release of the original Bad Boys movie. Actually, TV's got the least amount of bullet points. Just saying. Yeah, I could take it. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out when we get there. All right. So music. The number one song in the land was Take a Bow by Madonna, followed by Candy Rain by Soul for Real and Runaway by The Real McCoy. I don't remember I know. either of those two, the last two. Take a Bow, I remember. Uh, how did Take a Bow go? It was a very slow, um, like, a, like a ballad almost. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't really. I mean, I, I just remember it. I don't remember much about it. I just... It, it's just Candy a, very, Rain. It's a very average song. Candy Rain I, and, and Runaway, I don't remember at all. Yeah, I got no idea on those either. And I yeah. didn't bother looking them up because I didn't care enough. I, I don't know. I don't know either of those. I've heard of Take a Bow, but I don't know. I Like you're saying, I don't know that I could come up with any part of it in my brain. But Candy Rain, that's not how the song goes in my brain. Candy Rain. All right, Thank moving you, on. <laughs> Two debut albums were released this week. This is How We Do It by Montel Jordan and Lemonade and Brownies from Sugar Ray. Also released was Frank Zappa's Civilization Phase 3, which was published by Barking Pumpkin Records posthumously after Zappa's death with no advertising or promotion. Apparently, Civilization series of his, of his albums is all about a society that's living inside a piano. That doesn't shock me. Wouldn't surprise I mean, it's, me. It's, it's a trope, but whatever. Yeah. It's Frank Zappa, so what do you, what do you another, expect? Another, another album about the piano people. <laughs> Is that like a thing? Is that like uh <laughs> you, oh, don't yeah. about, you don't know about the piano people? You, know, you don't remember the piano people wars? Oh, oh like God. Uh, the Morlocks and the... My great uncle died in the piano people wars. Whatever they were. He was fought think. so many got, different keys. He got shot right in the organ. Ah. Oh. Wow. Josh is going to listen to this show and scream the entire time, isn't he? Probably. Yeah. All right, moving on, please. Delroy Wilson was a Jamaican ska, rock steady, and reggae singer. Often regarded as Jamaica's first child star, he began his recording career in primary school. His first single, Emmy Lou, was released in 1962 at the age of 14. As he got older and his voice matured, he would record with the Wailers and his version of Won't You Come Home Now, a duet with Ken Booth, has become one of the most ver- like versioned, covered, covered. Ah, most covered Jamaican tracks ever. Wilson died on April 6th from complications of cirrhosis of the liver. He was awarded the Order of Distinction by the Jamaican government in 2013, which is conferred upon citizens of Jamaica who have rendered outstanding important services to Jamaica. There's no period there, so I thought there was more. My apologies. At first, I was like, should we know this person? But... I said, I want you to go And I don't think 
the most versioned. I think it's the baseline that they've used over and over again. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that's what that sound, sound, song sounds like, that typical Jamaican. That could be right. Yeah, so it could be like the first like the first blues riff that was used by people or something like yeah. that. It's the first Jamaican riff. That became Sublime's entire career. Right. <laughs> hey, wait, wait. Why don't we play it like this? Now speed it up. All right, slow it down. I think we got an album. I actually went down a rabbit hole with uh, Dolores right. Wilson tracks, and it's... <laughs> Good? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely... Uh, a chill summertime music. I mean, that song you played right now, I don't know when it was from exactly, but if, if it was a one from the 60s that they mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. but that could have easily been on a Sublime record. And I like Sublime, so I'm not like saying that like it's a negative, but it sounded like something directly out of, you know, like late 90s. Yeah, that was actually the one with Ken Booth. Okay. Yeah. All right. So finally, Leo LeBlanc was an American country musician who was legally blind and could only see a few feet. He played the pedal steel guitar in Dobro and performed on albums by Jerry Jeff Walker. Get ready for a long list here, sorry. John Prine, <laughs> Mac Davis, Carol King, Liza Minnelli, Melissa Manchester, the Osmond Brothers, Bill Medley, Aretha Franklin, Jose Feliciano, Merle Haggard, T.G. Shepard, Clarence Carter, the Wallflowers, Wayne Newton, and many more. Wow. He played as a session musician in Memphis, Hollywood, and in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. He also performed live with Natalie Merchant, George Jones, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Charlie Rich. LeBlanc died from cancer on April 3rd and was absorbed. Okay, that that first list it was like Liza Minnelli, Melissa Manchester, the Osmond Brothers, Bill Medley, blah, 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 the Wallflowers. That kind of jumped in out of nowhere, though. <laughs> yeah, actually, Jacob Dylan dedicated one of their albums to him. Really? Wow. Yep. That's kind of cool. Leo LeBlanc. I've seen him in several different... Uh... He didn't see you, though. Bands and stuff. Yeah. You can easily find him like in all kinds of country the... videos and stuff because he played in so many session stuff. The videos see, there is a documentary out there where just about set like studio players. Are you talking about the, the Wrecking Crew documentary? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. The yeah, Wrecking Crew good, documentary really good is fucking amazing. It's a good, yeah. good yeah. movie. Because it's like, it reminds me like, Pat, when you and I were in... Uh, New Orleans at one time at that bar, and there was that the one guitarist. He was amazing. He yeah. was incredible. He looked like he was bored. Yeah, like I mean, it doesn't matter what like, he, he looked. He looked like he could have been a CFO of any corporation, and he just went down, you know, and just you know, as a as a as a lark. Like he's like a real life Duke Silver. Like, he has mm-hmm. a second life. Like he as melted a, as your ama- face. But... As, yeah, he was an amazing guitarist. They played they played all kinds of cover songs, and it was nothing but like top forty stuff. And it didn't matter what the genre was; the guy shredded everything. Yeah. And, and, and he, he wasn't, and like, he, out he in the front like... either. He stood in the back. Like, he stood in the back, like, just to the left of the drummer and just did his thing. Yeah, like, and he almost looked bored the whole time. He was just wearing a wearing a tie and a dress shirt and slacks. It looks just looked like a businessman that, you know, just picked up a guitar and was just like, yeah, I'm just a badass at guitar, whatever. <laughs> I got I got to get the actuarial tables done so let's wrap this up. I know that's the thing it's like he, in, in his brain the whole time he's playing these amazing licks and it's, he looked like he was like thinking about spreadsheets. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a badass whatever no big deal. Yeah. yeah. He's he's doing going over TPS reports in his head. And that's the thing is like uh the whole crowd is going nuts for like the main singer who was all right. He wasn't he wasn't great, but the whole time Pat and I are like this dude in the back it's like doesn't matter what genre of music they decide they're going to cover. 
he was just he like was, switching switching channels. He yeah he he should have been somebody like, yeah. in his life because very good. He might have been somebody. Who the hell we don't know. Right? Yeah, exactly. He could be a session musician. He just likes to wear ties. <laughs> <laughs> just just hangs I out mean, on. Could, Angus Young wears a suit. You know. I mean, come on. <laughs> All right, moving yeah, on. It's to a child movies. suit. Movies. I'll do movies because I don't have a lot of TV. All right. All right. The top movie in the land was Tommy Boy, starring Chris Farley and David Spade. Huh. We were just talking about. Well, yeah, just talking Kevin about Farley pre- and David Spade. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I saw right. that movie in the theater in Iowa. Really? Mm-hmm. Why in Iowa? Couldn't you get closer to your house to see it? No, I was at a wedding. and uh, <laughs> Were they pissed off that you left to go see Tommy Boy? Before the, the day before the wedding, we got oh. there early. We went to go see Tommy Boy in the theater. And then the wedding was the next. Or the, Joel, well, the wedding <laughs> Joel do you remember that. the day that this movie almost killed me? It was in the living room of the house we lived in. I was going to say, we were sitting in the living room yeah, and watching like, it. The scene where he talks about uh, driving the car into a bridge abutment and he fucks with his hair and he just stands there with that look on his face. Yes. I, I, would, I was laughing so hard I couldn't breathe. It almost killed me. It was it one was of the pretty... hardest laughs I've ever had in my life. It was the first time I'd ever seen that movie. Crying with laughter. The, this is Chris Farley and David Spade together are fantastic. My, my personal favorite, I'm sorry, my favorite line for the whole movie is, and I could do without that. After the bench collapses. <laughs> Could have done without that. Yeah. <laughs> and they couldn't quite recapture it for Black Sheep, but this, yeah, Tommy Voice stands out there as a as yeah. a classic, for sure. They were close. Hey, that's the guy who sells me my brake pads. Thought we were watching cartoons. Tommy wants wingies. That's <laughs> <Sinner>. me. <laughs> yeah. Other movies released included An Awfully Big Adventure, starring Alan Rickman and Hugh Grant. Seen it. Hmm. Don Juan DeMarco, starring Marlon Brandon, Faye Dunaway, and Johnny Depp. Seen it. Rob Roy, starring Liam Neeson, Jessica Lange, John Hurt, and Tim Roth. Sorry. And a goofy movie. I actually have seen it. A goofy movie? Yeah, I have too. Yeah. One. Josh was talking about this not too long ago. There's like this weird love for the goofy movie of like a generation just after us. Yeah. Like the, the, the people that are just the tenure, the decade before us, it's like their jam. Like before that, us, yeah. Like before us was the boomers, dude. Wait, which way am I going? Wrong You're way. going wrong. After way. us, ten after years us. after us. What's after us? Gen Z, like, Gen. We've already established uh, over many different episodes that Joel doesn't know how to use calendar. Like Xennials? is that one? Because like we're that. Gen X, which is cool. It I'm must be something between. It's it's not like my oldest girl. It's not like Katie because she could. It's not give a millennials. Shit. I think it's Xennials. Isn't that uh, the in between the millennials and the Gen the X? People in their mid thirties right now. Yeah, like Goosebumps, uh, Power Rangers, and Goofy Movie. Okay. Also, Priscilla Lane, born Priscilla Mulliken, was born in 1915. She was the youngest of the Lane sisters, a family of American singers and actresses, and would attend the Fagan School of Dramatics after moving to New York at 16. She attended tryouts with her sister and, and at an MGM call would write home saying, Leota accompanied me to a sort of theater in a New York skyscraper. Others were there being made up. There was one strange-looking girl with her hair slicked back in sort of a bun. Her name is said to be Catherine Hepburn. Not very pretty, I thought, but Mr. Altman said she has something. Margaret Sullivan, the Broadway actress, was there too. Unfortunately, none of the ladies would get a contract for MGM at the time. Then she and her sister Rosemary would work with orchestra leader Fred Waring for five years until Warner Brothers picked up his band to appear in the movie Varsity Show, starring Dick Powell, and then both sisters received feature roles. When she, re- when she filmed the acronym of the week, which is LHAB, and thankfully Josh has texted us and said what the acronym of the week is, which is a- apparently Liam Hemsworth, Australian blowjob. <laughs> is that like a reality show? It's pre-famous, maybe? 
Oi. Oi. That, sounds, that sounds like a sex position. Oh, that oh. makes more sense. It's like where you hang off the bed. But yeah, yeah, because you're upside down. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no. Unfortunately. That's actually, yeah, that's love, honor, and behave. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was close. Well, uh, so uh, <laughs> when she filmed Love, Honor, and Behave, Wayne Morris, playing her husband, would wind up spanking her 47 times as she declined a double to stand in her place. Kinky. And the script didn't even call for spankings. So. I know. It's just something they were doing. Uh, in the meantime, 1942, Frank Capra requested Priscilla to play opposite Cary Grant in Arsenic and Old Lace, and she also appeared in Men Are Such Fools. In 1994, she was diagnosed with lung cancer, and she passed on April 4th in, at age 79. I'm so old. I have to say, when you were first reading it, I thought her it was Priscilla Lane, born Priscilla Musilla. That's what I read in my head. <laughs> That's a lot of so words there. I had to read it like three or fourth times before I figured it out. <laughs> she was really good in Arsic and Old Lace. Ah, yeah. I love that movie. Same. Yeah. I did the stage play with so Matt Brown and Matt Massey. Really? We've discussed this. We both yep. were in it. Yep. yep. I, that's yep. probably yep. maybe not my favorite Cary Grant movie, but the one I've seen the most. Ah, uh, uh, Harvey also is fantastic. Mm. Harvey. That's well, Jimmy Harvey's Stewart, not though, Jimmy. Think, Jimmy yeah, that's Jimmy not Cary Grant. Yeah. Harvey's my favorite page. Cary Grant movie. Cary Grant front page also. Yeah. Or His Girl uh, Friday. His Girl Friday. Yeah. Technically. Another good one. Man, there will never be another actor of Cary Grant's caliber or style. A lot of people say George Clooney was in that ballpark. He's close, but you know. You've obviously never heard of Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> so TV. <laughs> April 7th was a Friday night, and you could tune in to see our Family Matters and Boy Meets World on ABC. Due South and Diagnosis Murder on CBS, along with Space, Above and Beyond, and The X-Files on Fox. Huh. Very 90s. Yeah. Space, Above and Beyond. I'm trying to... Did I do that? That's not Space, Above and Beyond. What are you talking about? Family Matters. Yeah. I don't don't recall it. What a horrible sitcom. Yeah. And also, uh, the irony is not lost at the April 1st birthday of YouTube personality, Logan Paul. See, I hate to say this, but Logan Paul is, he's like my lifeline in some huh? cases. Now, wait, 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 you got to hear me out here. What? Because this fucker does the stupidest shit I've ever seen, and he's famous. I think we are infinitely more entertaining than Logan Paul. So, rolling I dice. So, but, but I don't really know him. I mean, I don't. I know who he is, but I know. Oh, I've I seen know, some. Of I his know stuff. just enough about him to know that I hate <laughs> that I hate him as a person. That's yeah. Why, and I was like, I don't need to know anything more about this guy after watching that video. <laughs> but it's exactly that. It's like, all right, if he's making millions of dollars on YouTube, there's a moment where we will reach. You know, we have much more talent than this ding dong. Yeah, but you're assuming like you know life in the universe is fair and works as a, as a balance, and it doesn't. Well, no, no, no. I'm not expecting that. I'm not expecting fairness or balance. I'm just expecting the law of averages. At one point, you know, I could, I could, you know, me how I roll dice when we're playing a tabletop game. Eventually, I will roll a twenty. Eventually, this show will roll a twenty. Yeah, but the problem is the you know the law of averages or the you know waiting for the odds to break even can, that that can last longer than your lifespan. Okay, see, that was a portion of it that wasn't bringing into the whole situation. <laughs> well, you got to well, kill his dreams, man. I mean, you, you had to go and start talking about probabilities and stuff. That's what I, was getting me to sleep at night every night. <laughs> God damn it. Well, don't he worry. Dreamt, once, once you die, we'll be famous. He <laughs> oh, dreamt God. of Logan Paul. <laughs> like, like, after we're all dead and, you know, somebody's going to discover all of our podcasts in 50 years and we're somehow going to be famous then. That Mike will be the only one left. He'll be like... 
Hey, I was right, Pat. Yeah, Mike will be like 120 in the nursing home. I told you. Then God go pi- damn it. He'll go piss on Pat's grave. <laughs> Not on purpose. He'll just have, you know. And how con- weird will it be when he's 120 listening to this going, God damn. I sounded sexy. He's going to be like, he was right. How was he fucking right? Meanwhile, Logan Paul's head is president. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. Also, finally. On TV, The Max debuts on April 8th as a show based on the comic of the same name created by Sam Keith and then lasted for 13 episodes. I enjoyed that comic. I did too. I have all of them. Well, most of them. I have the first like two plot lines. But it lasted 13 episodes not because it got canceled because they only did the first plot line. I I don't know if I ever actually saw any of this because I didn't have cable at that point. And I don't know if I've ever seen an episode. You didn't have cable? No. Oh, that's right, Pat. He didn't have cable because he had people coming to his home mm-hmm. and acting it out for him. Yeah, he would just he would just hire you know Leonardo DiCaprio and and the whole Seaver family to come over and just do Growing Pains episodes. Who needs cable when you have the the actual cast? True. I I, I can I feel him the, shaking I, his head at us right now. <laughs> I envy the wealthy. Oh. <laughs> All right, so moving sports. on to sports. On April second, the longest strike in American pro sports history, two hundred and thirty two days ended as MLB owners accepted players' offer to return to work without a contract. The MLB was the first major sports pro league to lose an entire postseason to labor struggles. The preseason for the next season started April 7th. On April 2nd at WrestleMania 11 at the Hartford Civic Center in Connecticut, NFL linebacker Lawrence Taylor of the New York Giants would defeat Bam Bam Bigelow in the main event. While that match between Taylor and Bigelow brought the WWF mainstream press coverage, the reactions to the match were mixed. Some thought that Taylor performed surprisingly well for a non-wrestler, while others thought that the WWF pushing a football player to defeat a wrestler made professional eh, professional wrestling look bad. Reviews of the event as a whole have also been mixed. The event has been called both the worst WrestleMania of all time and the event that saved the WWF. Wow. Hey, to quote Petey from uh, The Wedding Singer, Hey, Linda, you're a bitch. Right. <laughs> yeah, um, I looked at the line. This was a WrestleMania I have never watched, and I looked at what? the actual lineup. Well, I didn't watch every single one of them. There were plenty of years where I wasn't into wrestling. It was into you. It's always been in me, man. But yeah, um, and I, the, the entire lineup, um, it just it just sounds boring as shit. Like, oh, yeah, I could definitely see people calling this the worst WrestleMania, especially if you got Lawrence Taylor in your main event. Come on. Lawrence Taylor? Yeah. Yikes. All right. Maurice Allum was an English amateur cricketer who played in five tests from 1930 to 1931. Almost six and a half feet tall. Almost six and a half feet tall. Allum was able to get the ball to rise sharply off the pitch. His most successful season was 1930 when he took 108 wickets at 23.33, twice dismissing Don Bradman. Yes, that Don Bradman. Oh, my God. Alum is only one of three players to have uh, have taken a hat trick on a test debut in New Zealand's first test match. In the same test, he also became the first test player to take four wickets and five balls, a feat matched by only two other people. He served as Surrey's president from 1970 to 1977 and was a member of MCC for 70 years from 1925 until his death. He was also a skilled saxophone player who played in a in Fred Elizade's band in the 1920s. He died April 8th, 95. Absorbed. And lastly, to get us out of this twee, at the 57th NCAA Men's Basketball Championship held April 3rd, UCLA beat Arkansas 89-78 to for the Bruins' 11th national title. 
play us off. All right, so back in 1995, there was a director, and he had a dream in his heart. (laughs) (laughs) That director, Albert Einstein. No, it was Michael Bay. This this was the movie that introduced Michael Bay to the world. Yes. (laughs) For reasons. So, Bad Boys, 1995. Two hip detectives protect a witness to a murder while investigating a case of stolen heroin from the evidence storage room from their police precinct. I like to think that that's just kind of like glossing over the whole thing. Was but that Casey Kasem? You, it wasn't. I don't know. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Oh. So Bad Boys is an American action comedy film starring Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. Produced by Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer and directed by a then-unknown Michael Bay. It was completed on a budget of only $19 million. 18 of that is in explosions. Right. 18 of that was just ex- gunpowder. Explosions car wrecks. Yeah. And then spawned a 2003 film sequel, Bad Boys 2, and a sequel 2020, Bad Boys for Life, which we'll be covering in the second half of the show. So this is directed by, as we said, Michael Bay. Known for destroying the Terminator's franchise. Not Terminator, the uh, Transformers franchise. Blowing a bunch of stuff up. Lots of jump cuts. Armageddon. Armageddon, yeah. Which had explosions and jump cuts. And helicopters. And helicopters. And slow motion. Lots of slow motion. Lots of slow motion. And and a hit song. Oh. It's going to have music in there. Okay, that's right. That's right. So this is uh, writing credits. We have George Gallo who's part of the story on this one, who is known also for writing Midnight Run and Wise Guys, which is funny because those are two good movies. Is that Ernest and Julio's brother? Yes. Oh. He's the guy That's who Vincent's makes the rosés. Oh. Oh. Midnight Run is great. Wise Guys, that has... Um... Is that the one with Kirk Douglas and... Uh... No, no, no. That's uh, Tin Men. Tin Men? Huh? I thought well, Wise Guys was Kirk Douglas and um, not Jack Palance. Uh... No, no, no. Bert this Lancaster? Got... No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. No, this has got Danny DeVito and Joe Piscopo. What? I don't know that one. You've never seen that? Uh-uh. I don't think it's I a... have either. Yeah, they're like low-level mobsters. Hmm. Yeah. 1986? Oh, <laughs> low-level because they're short? Yeah, that's exactly Wow, so... I have never heard of it. Brian De Palma directed it? Holy yeah. crap. How have I never heard of this? You've you've never seen this? It's actually pretty damn funny. You were too busy watching Sharknado for the fifth time. <laughs> Harvey Keitel, Danny uh-huh. DeVito, Joe Piscopo. Dan Hadea, I can't say anything. Lou Albano? Yeah. <laughs> what? It's a very meaty cast. There is, there's one scene. Would have had to have a hell of a craft services table. I know, right? <laughs> Patty there, LuPone. There's one scene in this where, for some reason or another, one of the low-level mobsters is clipping the toenails of the mob boss. And uh-huh. they're going through the whole scene. And as everybody's doing the scene, you hear this clip. And everybody's like, ow. Cotton getting it like the toenail in the eye type of thing. Yeah. I don't know. That's the only thing. I remember. It's you might like it. It's it's screwy fun. Hmm. Yeah. Also, Michael Berry, uh, who is also a screenplay writer on Amazon Women on the Moon and Oscar, that one with Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, the, the ah, yes. Stallone comedy. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. It's better than Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Yeah, for sure. But what isn't? Stop or, or My Mom Will Shoot. shoot. Yeah. Uh, also, it has a Jim Holland, who was part of the screenplay on Oscar, and did several episodes of Welcome Back, Cotter, including one called uh, the, D- uh, 
What was that? Horse yeah, rack. what the hell was that? No. <laughs> Don't no. stop that. Don't no. do that anymore. That, that is a camel choking on an apple, is what that is. <laughs> hey, hey there. Who are you talking to you, Mr. Kate? That was actually better than your Horshack. Well, yeah, everything's better than that Horshack. That was awful. That was seriously not good. Don't do that again. And then Ru- Doug Richardson, who did the screenplay also for Die Hard 2 and the hit that sits in everybody's heart, Money Train. I mean, you sounded like you were going into anaphylactic shock. You really did. <laughs> I didn't think you were doing an impression. I thought we were going to have to call 911. Have I, have, I beat, have I beaten this into the ground enough? No, I was debating if I should do it again, but <laughs> I didn't. He, had, he doesn't have any lozenges. <laughs> I was thinking about it, and then I was like, nah, nah, let's let it go. All right, this stars Will Smith as Mike, Mike Lowry. Lowry. Mike Lowry. Lowry. Martin Lawrence as Marcus Burnett. Tia Leone. quality time. As Julie Mott. <laughs> Joey Pantley-Antoni, Joey Pants. Joey Pants. As Captain Conrad Howard, the my personal thought of the best part of the whole damn movie. Teresa Randall as Teresa Burnett. Nestor Serrano as Detective Sanchez. Julio Oscar Machetto Julio. as Directo, Detective Ruiz. Karen Alexander as Maxine Logan. John Sally as Fletcher. And Shecky Caro as Houchet. Shecky Caro, yeah. Shecky. yeah the, the main villain. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Mark Helgenberger didn't make the list here. Yeah, and her horrible haircut. Yeah, or that that was clearly a wig. It was not a good. It was not a good look. Which no. one was her? She was the was... IA woman, the internal affairs. Oh my god, who was yeah. putting the captain in his place? She was Mark Helgenberger. Yeah, yeah kind of awful. Yeah, she's much better in CSI. Well, and and the thing is, like that entire plot of her went nowhere. Yeah, they Did never we... resolved any of it. Yeah, Do you it's mean like NCIS. They... Yeah, that's what I said. You, you said CSI. No, 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 no. She was on CSI. And she, she was, was on CIS too. Oh, well, that must have been later. But yeah, she started off on CSI. Wasn't she on QSTP? <laughs> yes. She was on PDQ and all that sort of stuff. AFK. So, so some so. trivia on this one. Uh, director Michael Bay didn't like the script and often engaged Will Smith and Martin Lawrence in discussions on how the dialogue and scenes could improve. Oh. He often allowed them to improvise while the camera was rolling, and he secretly told Will to call Lawrence a bitch before the car scene. The whole two bitches in the sea was improvised, as was Martin's comment when Tia Leone called him gay. You're right, Pat. I, I swore she was on NCIS, but I just looked it up and I did not see a credit. Oh. Yeah. So I stand corrected. Uh, she was on Elizabeth Shue was on NCIS. Is that who you were thinking of? Well, uh, no, I wouldn't put those two even in the same box. Oh no, no, she was on CSI too. I'm, I'm sorry, she was on CSI later. Never mind. Oh. All right, moving along. All right, moving on. Uh, the two leads were originally intended for Eddie Murphy and Wesley Snipes, what? which I think you know what? M- I would have, have been... loved this movie if you take Martin Lawrence and put Eddie Murphy in that role, if or even Wesley Snipes. I, uh... Well, it depends. I mean, if Wesley Snipes from the um. From from the documentary we saw about uh, where he played the director, yes, Wesley Snipes from Pastor Fifty Seven. No, uh, what about like Eddie? I, I'm surprised they didn't do like you know they could have put Eddie Griffin in there. Yeah, how about Eddie Izzard or Mike Epps? Maybe, <laughs> yeah, Eddie Izzard. No, yeah, the, the Eddie isn't the part that they were <laughs> right. <laughs> they were trying that, to match. That's not the issue. Yeah, like Eddie Munster. Can we get him? Oh, oh, Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> could we get Edie McClurg? <laughs> we're righteous dudes oh, yeah michael Lowry's a righteous dude according to michael bay sony bought the rights to the script from disney for three million dollars martin lawrence had signed up at that point and the studio wanted to team him up with arsenio hall bay decided to replace hall with will smith after noticing the potential for smith's star power from fresh prince of bel-air 
Arsenio Hall turned it down and cites that that choice was the worst mistake he had ever made. Yeah, outside some of, some of the not, jackets, yeah. you know. I was going to say, outside of the not paying your taxes for a decade. Yeah, yeah that was a bad decision. Ooh, 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 ooh. That and, might uh, have been the, a bad decision, too. He's obviously not looking back at his wardrobe. Uh, yeah. I, he, he, it would not have worked with him in it anyway. No. It would have been a huge, huge bomb. So in, in movies that are mostly improvised, there's like this and Ghostbusters. And you've got two ends of the spectrum on this. So also, apparently, Michael Bay read the script and was just like, fine, here's the scene. Do whatever the hell you want. So the scene in the convenience store wherein the clerk puts a gun to Burnett's and Lowry's head and yells, to, telling them to freeze mother bitches, was also improvised. So a guy who only has like six lines in the whole movie gets to improvise his stuff. Uh, they came up with, no, you freeze, bitch. Now back up, put the gun down and give me a pack of tropical fruit bubblicious and some, and Skittles, some Skittles, which... I hate to say, but I laughed at that. There was something about his delivery that I, I honestly, I could tell it was improv, and I'm not, I'm not just saying that because we're reading that paragraph right now. I was like, it was just something about it. I was, I was like, I could tell he just came up with that off his head. Oh, it's Martin Lawrence. Like, yeah, yeah. Kind of like hanging out with Sergey. Freeze, mother bitches. <laughs> uh, the film's production was extremely grueling for Michael Bay due to the script problems. Bay would later call the screenplay a piece of shit. And budget limits often meant that Bay would only get a single day to shoot action sequences that would have taken four days of work on more lavishly funded projects. Bay sacrificed part of his salary, actually $25,000, so a key sequence during the film's climax wasn't eliminated. And I'm going to go with the entire freaking hangar exploding. Oh, you might be right about that, yeah. So we we don't know which part it was exactly? No. Um, I'm sure if I had found more... Oh, I, I just it, didn't know. Interest? interest. Yeah, <laughs> I would have been like, oh, that's interesting. I bet it was the explosion. I don't feel like researching that any further. Oh. Some things just are on a need-to-know basis, and no one yeah. needs to know that. I do. Some things are just well, of face value. If only there was something you could search, like like an international I, I'm going to run to the data. library. I'll be back. <laughs> Is this a first viewing for anybody? No. No. No? It was for me. This was the only of the bad boy movies I had seen before. No, I've, this is the first time I've ever seen any Bad Boys movie. Hmm. Yeah. And even the Sean one? I love my wife. She, was, she went to the, <laughs> I asked her, run to the library and get me the Bad Boys and Bad Boys Forever. And she didn't know which I was talking about. So she just got everything on the shelf that was named Bad Boys. Including so, the Sean Penn, including the Sean pr- Penn prison movie. reform movie, mm-hmm. yeah. which I'm I'm assuming is going to be an amazing movie. From it what really I is. You should watch it. It's it's, I, it's pretty I'm, good. I have it. I might as well watch it. You know, but uh, no, this is the first time I've ever dove into the Bad Boys universe, and so much backlit, so much slow motion, so much ridiculousness of. I totally got the license plate. You were 150 yards away from the license plate when that happened in the dark at night. You know, it, there's no way you saw the license plate. So much ill-conceived logic of why doesn't Mike Lowry lock up the cabinet that has all of his guns and money in it and let right. this ding-dong Tia Leone go out to a club and... Club hell. Yeah, club hell to... um to shoot this guy it, well, it on the was... same token like how how is your solution to protecting your your valued witness to handcuff her to your steering wheel i mean so many i mean 
it just now kind of dawned on me. I'm like, what this felt like, what this feels like, is like a role-playing game where like you're playing these characters and all this crazy stuff is happening and the DM needs the game to keep going. So he just keeps throwing clues at you that you didn't really deserve or get. But like, you know, well, here's the next step. Follow mm-hmm. up on this. And then go do this, and of course you blow up everything because that's what you do when you're playing a role playing game. You know, and, and hey, you that's it, how I DM. And you kill everybody, and you blow up things, and you move on to the next one. So that just now dawned on me. I'm like, this is just like a, a like some kind of Shadowrun movie or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And very, very nineties. I mean, you've got even got um, Juke Joint Be- Jezebel by KMFDM playing at the yep. club. And- club how? Club Hell with all the big spider wrap people in the ceiling and a giant amount of candles that are definitely not OSHA approved in the bathroom. Yeah, I was saying that when Laura and I were watching it. I'm like, that's not a fire hazard. Yeah. But it is. Okay. So I love this movie. I have loved this movie since the first time I saw it, and I've seen it so many times. I realized as I was watching it with Laura, I'm like, I quote this movie fairly regularly in my actual life, everyday life. Just calling people a bitch does not mean you're quoting bad. No, 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 no. But I'll be like, can I borrow a cup of brown sugar? Or I'll be, I'll say, you know, it's Mike Lowry. You know, just no, I have never heard you say that. I have never heard any of that either from you. That's because I figured you guys would probably give me shit about it because you give me shit about everything. Well, then (laughs) we have all. (laughs) Well, if that was your logic, then you would never say anything. Exactly. And that's why I don't say a lot, except on the show. I'll say things here now and then to keep the show moving forward. Otherwise, I shut my mouth and I don't tell you anything about my daily life. You don't even know where I live. You think I'm in Rockford. I'm not. I'm in a bunker in California. The truth comes out. I live in Seattle, Washington, underground. I have a casino. Anyway, no, I, I do. I love this movie. I, I've I've seen it many, many times. Uh, I've seen the second one less, and I was excited to watch the third one. Um, I I won't say it's like my favorite action movie ever, but it's definitely in my top 25. Oof. Not because of the action necessarily, but just everything, like the whole thing as a, as a whole, for whatever reason, just it's a fun popcorn movie for me. Like I enjoy watching it. it it's a fun time. Logic holes and all. Okay, so here's here's they've got this witness to this murder. They discover that she's being held at Michael Mike Lowry's apartment. They walk into the apartment, shoot the place up, and then she's laying in front of them. And what do they do? They kidnap her. Mm-hmm. Why did they the just ti- shoot her? All the times that they choose to kidnap her, it's like just you would ju- in real life you would just shoot this person right now. Yeah, shoot the person and leave. And then you now, oh look, no witness. Yeah, we're done here. Now we're out. One of the other things that I also found out was that Will Smith, um, two things. Initially, he ref- they wanted him to chase down the car shirtless. Huh. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. And That's he was like, stupid. "No, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm gonna wear a shirt, but it'll be open." So, okay, fine, whatever. Will you won your, you won that one. And then at the end, welcome uh, to Earth. <laughs> by the end of his career, they're just he's doing shower scenes. <laughs> uh, and then at the end of the movie, I also That'd be a found weird out, car chase. He's in a shower and they're <laughs> soaping up, running after what? a car. <laughs> Why is he wearing a, a, a swim cap? He's got no hair. I also found out that at the end of it, Will Smith initially refused to say the I love you comment back to Martin Lawrence. And as arguments of ridiculous natures tend to do, they snowballed into the full argument between Martin Lawrence, Will Smith, and Tia Leone. And then finally, Michael Bay is like, See that son? That's Mother Nature. She's gone, not waiting for us. So basically, he said, "Look, you want this to be finished? Go out there and say the friggin' line because the sun's going down." 
And then Will Smith went out there and said the line, and they finished this travesty of human entertainment. Wow. This is, I, I like to say that sometimes m- movies are cotton candy where you, you gain nothing from them, but it's still kind of tasty. So I guess, I don't know, what's a cotton candy movie, Pat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm totally um, drawing a blank right now. Um, by the way, Michael seems to Jack, like Golden the Jackass Hour. series. There you go. Ah, Jack, which one? The Jackass series. Yeah, <clears throat> it's it's literally nothing to it, but you laugh hard because that stuff is funny. Yeah, this is lower. This is like like hey, I found a chiclet on the floor <laughs> type of movie. I one of your teeth fell out. What? No, a chiclet. He's comparing the snack. He's keeping with the snack analogy. Yeah, yeah. You've never had a chiclet? No, I, I know what I know what chiclet. Oh, okay. But no, I at the end of this, I was aghast that the actors of like Will Smith, who I've seen in some stuff that I've been impressed with, and I've been like kind of been like, wow, that was really good, has started out doing this. And my my whole take on it is basically like I didn't. I didn't hate it. I mean, and I and I didn't love it. I didn't, you know, it's just it was exactly what it was. I mean, it was a bit Michael Bay action movie. It was Michael Bay and Will Smith together learning how to be tentpole movie stars, you know. Yeah, Michael Bay and Will Smith. <clears throat> yeah, learn, yeah, you know, I mean, it's the first basically the first big budget movie for both of them and they're both learning how to how to, you know, the blueprint for doing what they do, what they ended up doing for their whole careers, you know, and yeah, and Martin Lawrence. I mean, I'm just I'll be honest. I've never been a fan of Martin Lawrence. I've seen one movie that I've ever liked him in, and that was Nothing to Lose with Tim Robbins. I was going to ask you what movie it was. Yeah, yeah I mean, I've, I've I've never been I a just, Martin Lawrence fan. Yeah, I just don't I don't find him entertaining. I don't find him funny. I don't find him. He just I just there's he I just nothing him. Like I mean, I can't yeah. work up enough hatred for him even to to hate him. He just I mean, I just find him boring. I'm just kind of bland him too. Another question I have was, so they need the employee file on this guy who ratted on, basically let this group come in and steal all the heroin from the evidence locker. How in God's name are they not able to get this file through the entire freaking movie? Right. Because she's think blocking him. She was blocking me. Oh, I can't get into it. Well, go to go to Joey Pants. Yeah, at some point you got to get a tech guy or something. You know, I mean, but... seriously. And, and what they, they bring a criminal in to hack? Uh, we're going to bring this guy that we got in lockup to hack the system to get this information. No, why don't you just ask your boss? Hey, Blondie over there won't give me the information I need to solve this case. If they had just gone to Joey Pants at the very beginning of the movie and said, "Get us this file," the movie would have been forty-five minutes long. But again, this is that's that's why this is a role-playing game because the GM didn't want to give you that information earlier because it would have ruined the whole game. He was he busy to, in the Matrix. He had to wait to give you the information. Eating steak. I thought exactly. I, I loved any scene with Joey Pants in it because all he did was scream and yell at him, and I thought that was great. Everybody likes the pants. Yeah. From yeah, Goonies right. to the Matrix, everybody's about Joey Pants. And he's a Chicago guy, isn't he? Right? Yep, I think yeah. he is. Joey Pants, Leonio, Stowe, no, no, whoa. Joe, Joey Pants. Woo, woo, woo. Joe, I'm looking it up. Joey woo, woo, woo. Pantley. How do they have it listed? That's weird. Under how he spells his name, maybe? Oh, no, that's that's a Canadian politician. I was like, who is that guy? There he is, Joey Pants. There's a uh, there's a Canadian politician called Joey Pants. That uh, Joe. That's Joe oh, Joey Shabadoo. Oh, the worst name I've ever heard. Ah, he's seventy Joey, years old Joe, now, Joe. and he's born in Hoboken, <laughs> New Jersey. 
Oh. I swear he was Chicago guy. New Jersey guy. Huh. Oh. Huh. I'm learning things today. Look at you. Stop learning. Expanding your brain. I'm I don't want to expand my brain. I'm learning. I don't want to learn then. I'm a Viking. So, yeah, I just, I mean, I find it hard to really work up any kind of emotion over this movie in any way other than my main emotion is, my God, Taya Leone has great legs. I like Taya Leone. Yeah, I mean. Her just, and David I mean, Duchovny were an attractive couple. They're, yeah, their whole, this whole movie, I just, I mean, it took me three days to watch it because I just kept pausing <laughs> it because it just was, it's just not interesting at all to me. I don't understand how you can love it so much. But, I don't I know. Mean, yeah, I don't. It's just it's just one of those things where I'm just like, okay, <laughs> yeah. It's you just know. one of those things. But yeah. I, it just hit my sweet spot. No, no, no. I don't know. I don't even know why. I don't think it's like an amazing movie. It just is one of those movies that I can put it on anytime and I'll enjoy it. See, I just, I don't know. I think it would have been a lot better with a, with a different casting of Martin Lawrence. I mean, I don't totally disagree with that idea. Uh, like I said, I'm not a huge Martin Lawrence fan. I mean, after I saw this, I watched the Big Mama's House, first couple of those movies, and then I was done. I was like, okay, I'm over Martin Lawrence now, other than in these movies. That was it. Wow. All Didn't right, so I think out. we've milked this cat long enough. I was about to moo, and then I realized you said cat. <laughs> <laughs> that was, okay, yeah, that was John Sally. The, the hacker that they got out of prison, John Sally, was an NBA player. I was going to say, he's a basketball player, I think. Right? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. he played for the Pistons when they were the champion. Like, when right. they were good. Yeah. But that's funny, because I, I, I remember having that thought. I'm like, that guy looks like John Sally. <laughs> and then he came back in the second one. Oh, he hmm. did? Yep, because I watched the second one today again. But... Oh, dude, why do you do that to yourself, man? Because I, I told you I like these movies, and I was going to watch all three of them, but I didn't know if I was going to have time, and today I had a little extra time, so I watched the second one. All right. So uh, and, the, and like we... like the nope. whole relationship between Marcus and Teresa, I mean, there was just no nuance to it at all. It's just like all these little marriage mm-hmm. cliches about is, is their whole life, you know, kids in the bed all the time, and oh my kids, and oh I never get to have sex, and I was like, you know, it's like it's just a, like there was just no effort to make this movie more than what it was at all. And maybe that's why I like it is because it is like all of the tropes and cliches of every cop movie and TV show you've ever seen, minus the alcoholism. And yeah. the divorce, like, but they're without, there. without any gravitas, basically, it's it's all of the the tropes minus any gravitas. Yeah, with a hip hop soundtrack. Yeah, well, except for the the club hell and stuff like that. There's some gotta love stabbing. You, you really do love MF. the whole yeah. club hell thing, don't you? Yeah. I what just, are you going back to that? Dude? I got hooked on it because I remembered the name. It's the only thing I remember about it. I couldn't tell you Taylor and his character's name off the top of my head, but uh, I remembered that. But yeah, they played stabbing Westward along with KMF, KMFDM. I like stabbing Westward. Now they're Chicago, right? Maybe I don't know. Oh my god, we're gonna go. All right, we're again. we're cutting yeah, this we, short. We, we are, are, we are so definitely... going off. That's Joey yeah. Pants' band, right? Joey, yeah, Joey <laughs> Pantoliano is 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 the lead tech guy for uh, KMFDMM. No, stabbing westward. No, I'm sorry, stabbing westward. I'm totally wrong on that. Yeah, get your, yeah. Get your shit together, Mike. Yeah, All right, Martin Lawrence get... was in KMFDM. <laughs> hey, you know what? I know it's going to be your wedding, but I am going to kick you in the nuts. <laughs> Good thing I'll be in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to be back in a little bit, and we are going to talk about uh, Bad Boys for Life. Yeah. Blah, blah. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We're going to love it. It's going to be more commentary. All right. We are back. 
Now we're going to talk about bad boys for life. Because in 2020, with everything else going on, somebody said, you know what we need? Another bad boys movie. Though this came out in January, so we'll give it that. But it was kind of like bookends. So anyway, Miami detectives, 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 detectives. We we may have a TV series there. We're not no. detectives. We're no. detectives. <laughs> are they German? Or are they? Yeah. Do they like? Oh, nope. or do they like zombies? Like, oh, no, they, they decide everything by the toss of a die. Ooh, They're I like this all... German thing. We are the detect the detectives. What it if means they're the part Z? What if they're undead German detectives who solve crimes using dice? This just shows how much detectives. how much we don't want to talk about this movie. Oh, I'm good with talking about it. I just like. All right, we'll joke. see you later. Miami right. detectives Mike Lowry and Marcus Burnett must face off against a mother and son pair of drug lords who wreak vengeful havoc on their city. Uh, bad boys for life. Also known as Bad Boys 3, or in some circles, BB3, as well as the stylized Bad by Bad Boys for Life with a 3, which they're totally missing out because that could have been number 4, because they could have done Bad Boys in the number 4 life, so I think they got ahead of themselves, is the third installment to the Bad Boys series. It was released on January 17th, 2020. Yep. So this is directed by Adil LRB who is known in circles as Adil and has done such things as Gangsta, the upcoming Batgirl movie, and Beverly Hills Cop 4. And then Bilal Fala, who is only known as Bilal, as you do. There's like Prince and well, Bilal. Like, like it, it was... It was listed in the you know in the credits as Adil and Bilal as directors or director. Yeah, they're, and, yeah. You know, they're a team. Like, yeah. That's their that's their like nomenclature they go by as the directors. Yeah. But I doubt anybody went, Ooh. Yeah. Adil and Bilal. We're in I for some a, good stuff noise. now. I made a noise, but it wasn't ooh. <laughs> mm. eh? Uh writing credits go to Peter Craig, who is also written now this is what con- concerns me because he also wrote The Town, Mocking Jay, and eh, Top Ju- Top Gun Maverick. The Town was a pretty good movie. That, that was, was that was the one that was directed by Ben Affleck, right? Affleck. <laughs> yes. Yes, that he's correct. That was a pretty good movie, yeah. That was a pretty good movie. Also Joe Carnahan, who did A Team, Smoke and Aces, and Boss Level. Yeah. Joe Carnahan I like Joe Carnahan's writing. Yeah. Boss Level was pretty good. Boss Level. Oh, I love Boss Level. It was a good movie. Yeah. Chris Bremer was also one of the screenplay guys who did the upcoming oh god, Pink Panther movie. What? Yeah, there's a new another Pink Panther movie coming out. Was Steve Martin again? Maybe not. I don't know. Bad Boys Four. See, they could have done Bad Boys Four Life. They had to, but they—I don't think they expected a fourth one. Uh, Nat and National Treasure Three, Electric Boogaloo, because Nick Cage is going to steal Congress. <laughs> what? I don't even know. Don't He's going to steal an election. Yeah. Oh, ah. controversial topic. Uh, also, Peter Craig, screenplay by all, the upcoming The Batman, and get this one, Gladiator 2. Wait, what? Why? I don't mm, Just said Gladiator. Gladiatorist. Oh, just said to come in here and say there's trouble at the mill. <laughs> Braveheart 2. <laughs> Braveheartier. Uh, Joe Carnahan, who also was part of the screenplay team for A-Team, Smoking Aces, and Boss Level. This starred Martin Lawrence as Marcus Burnett and Will Smith as Mike Lowry, Paloa and Nunez as Rita. Paola. Jake, what? 
Paola Nunez. Paola Nunez as yeah. Rita. There you go. Jacob Scipio. I'm just going with that. As Armando Artrias. Teresa Randall as Teresa Burnett. Joey Pants as coming back as Captain Conrad Howard. Vanessa Hudgens as Kelly. And Alexander Ludwig as Dorn. I'm sure there's other people who are in that movie, but we don't need to call their names out. And Michael Bay was in that movie. Michael, you are right. Michael Bay did have a cameo in his own movie as the announcer at the wedding. Yep. Yep. Just so he was in it. Yeah. Although he didn't explode. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Okay, so trivia on this one. The contact photo that Mike has from Marcus on his cell phone is taken from Bad Boys 2 from the poster. The poster uh, exists yeah. in their world? Apparently. Along with DJ Khalid, who is apparently a butcher and a singer because one of his songs was in the background at the club scene. Well, he's definitely not a singer. So he must just be a butcher. And a baker. And a candlestick maker. And a fat bastard. Yasha, yasha, ya. Despite both actors receiving top billing, this is the first film in the series where Will, Will Smith is billed first and Martin Lawrence is billed second, which says volumes for Bad Boys 1 and 2. Going in that same theme, Will Smith was paid $17 million for the, his role, and Martin Lawrence received $6 million. Ouch. That's like six more than I expected he would get. <laughs> While I'm not saying, you know, okay, fine. They should be like, the fact we're putting you in a movie in 2020 should be enough payment for you. I, I would take $6 million to be in this movie. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. anybody would. Yeah. But I'm saying Martin Lawrence is not worth $6 million. He's no, not the $6 million man? <laughs> We can rebuild him. What? No. So here we go, Pat. This was the top grossing film in North America of 2020. Well, yeah, because it was only like one of six. Right. And the only film to gross over 200 million, though this is largely due to being one of the only films to finish its theatrical run before all the COVID bullshit happened. Mm hmm. Yep, so good on you. You got a record. Uh, this movie makes a number of jokes about both Marcus Burnett and Mike Laurie getting older. Throughout the movie, Mike is constantly telling Marcus to wear his glasses, and Marcus calls out Mike for dyeing his facial hair black. In real life, Martin Lawrence does wear glasses. And according to Will Smith, um, according to Michael Bay, Will Smith's hair was going gray when they did Bad Boys 2 in 2003. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when you die at two? Cocoa bean. What? And also, Morton Lawrence looks like Morton. Morton. Morton Lawrence. Hey, Morton hey Lawrence. it's Morton Lawrence. <laughs> Martin Lawrence looks like he ate Martin Lawrence. Oh. <laughs> and iced tea. <laughs> he. he, he looked, he's definitely retaining some water. He's not retaining any talent. Why did he eat iced tea? I don't know because he looked like iced tea in the opening scene. Oh. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and the scene when he's in the car, all mushed down in the seat, he looked very much like Ice-T. You would think after 25 years of working <laughs> with this guy, you'd be used to his driving habits. Right. There's a lot of that in this in in these movies, though, where, where it's just stuff like... That's like, how you drive! Let's just let's just put them in situations that they would be all the time in all the time, but let's act like this is the first situation ever for them. You know, all the time with this movie. Yeah. Like yes, you like if you've been around a guy this long, yes, you know he's going to hit on every woman. You know he's going to shoot these people. You know he's going to do all this stuff. You know it's like why do we always act to have to act like it's the first time we've ever seen it happen? That would be like me being astonished by any of your behavior, Patrick. Exactly. That's what Patrick's got his penis out again. What? Oh, <laughs> who's ever who saw this coming? You know, Good it's, Lord, but it's, Pat, yeah, come on. It's, just, it's it's lazy writing, honestly. I mean, that's this whole series is about lazy writing, though. So I'm not surprised. But anyway, yeah. 
There were brief moments where I chuckled at this. Yeah, this is better than the first one for sure. A hundred percent. I mean, a hundred percent better than the first one. I mean, there were there were moments when I was like, "Holy shit, that just happened!" Like when the captain got shot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or you know that that opening uh, fight scene when when uh, Armando takes out all those guys trying to steal his money. He that, was a badass, yeah, dude. I had to rewind that. I was like, that was pretty pretty badass. <laughs> there was some John Wick stuff going on right there. It was, he it was, was a really cool fast scene. as hell, right? Yeah. But then on the other side of things, you have the the airplane There's... scene. Oh, I thought that was that was kind of funny. Some of it when he was like. Uh, we ride together or fly together. We die together. Oh uh, yeah, that was kind of funny. Yeah, that that but, one and the when he when he talks about you uh, have sex with the witch and your dick falls off. <laughs> you wrap that shit. I, mean, I meant to say penis. That doesn't <laughs> make it better, baby. It doesn't. That doesn't make it better, Martin. Um. Well, I mean, there was some ridiculousness, like the uh, uh, the the bikes, the motorcycle chase with the sidecar. And I mean, granted, these guys are like souped up gang members that have like a minigun on the motorcycle but you know it got a little over the top but it was still fun although the right before that where marcus couldn't stop poking yeah <laughs> after the guy hit the ground and had the huge goose egg and he's just like i gotta touch it oh <laughs> that was pretty... and, that, and that when, was kind of funny yeah and then when he was trying to get the guy to calm down in the car and he poked him in the head that was i laughed at that that was that was funny. Everything apparently in this world is coated in nitroglycerin because you could take two shots at a car on the flatbed of a truck and yeah. it was just going to explode. Or the marble table blew up. Did you notice that? I did notice that the table at the exploded. very end they're hiding behind the marble table and as soon as they abandon it they shoot it and it blew up. I'm like, Oh come on. It's like on Aqua Teen Hunger Force, everything <laughs> explodes. Um now did you guys at least enjoy the scene when the tech guy finally He's like, all right, we'll pay for your therapy. And he's like, all right. And then he just starts kicking ass. Yeah, yeah. That was I did cool. enjoy that. Yes, that was. Like and that. that's where I started looking up because I thought he was actually like a pro wrestler or something. It turns out he's just in a in a TV show based on wrestlers. Is that the Heels. one you were that yeah, you posted? Heels. Yeah. But no, I mean, that was that was entertaining. There was there were it was such an up and down thing. It was a, the brief moments of brilliance. Honestly, I got to see Will Smith beat the crap out of DJ Khalid, which I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, you got three bucks on my, on my ticket right there. You want to earn the other 20? That's fine. <laughs> like, if that's all he ever does in movies is get his ass kicked, I'm all for it. DJ Khalid? Yeah. Worldwide. Kind of awesome, actually. Can't stand him. Oh, my God. he's. I mean, if Pitbull would have been in there, too, then that might have been better, but... I would I mean, listen. I would listen to Pitbull well, well before I would listen to DJ Khalid. And then here's the other question: So Will Smith is walking down the street. There's a guy taking care of a a, a Lexus Gullwing, not Lexus, a, a Tesla Gullwing Tesla, up yeah, front. Yeah. And he turns to a guy who apparently doesn't know. He goes, "Is that so and so's car?" And he's like, "Yeah." No, I'm sorry. If you have a guy who's running guns in the back office of the butcher shop, the answer to is that so and so's car is kiss my ass. Yeah, it's like who the fuck are you? That's the answer. Yeah, that, that's not that's not the answer. You know, you do not just but, give up whose car it is. Obviously, he needs better lackeys. Yes, he does. Because uh, Will Smith was able to go back there, handcuff him to a table, and beat the crap out of him with he a meat tenderizer. With, with nobody, nobody even can. ever coming in to help or stop him? Yeah, so yeah, like he, needs, he should be spending less money on his Tesla and more on his lackeys. Probably mm-hmm. at that time, the guy that was in the immediate front of the shop, like in the shop, was cleaning out the register. And the guy who was with the car was getting in the car to leave. Cause he's like, oh, he's dead now. Yeah, like, I can see that. You know, maybe they were like, oh, we're taking a shit. I'm getting out of here. I See, know. I you know, it's there were brief moments. There were moments where there was a good 
plot-based action movie in this. But then it dropped down to like uh, them driving the car home after a witness falls on top of it being thrown from a building. Right, and I was sitting there thinking, like, wouldn't that be, like, impounded in, in evidence? Yeah, I'm like, that. that is 100% evidence. It's covered in the guy's blood. Right. They're going Even though that scene was funny, it, it was not exactly realistic. You know? mm-hmm. And, and by, by the way, like, that opening, the opening prison break scene, like, as soon as they took that guard away, I was like, well, that's not the guard. <laughs> the guard was, like, six inches taller than her. It was so obvious. Mm-hmm. They looked, you know, close enough that they could get away with it. Plus, she was covered in blood. But if, I mean, were... if all these if all these guards work with that guard, mm-hmm. they would know, like, hey, this isn't her. Like, you, you know the difference between six inches when it comes to two women. Yeah. Like, if I... Patrick stabbed you to death, Joel, and Wait, I went size over there. matters? <laughs> yeah. And you went over there? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and, Pat and, and I... It, and it was Josh dressed in your clothes. I'd be like, wait a second. I oh, think yeah. Josh is trying to escape. This place that we're he, in. He parts his hair differently than I do, though. Uh, but you got to admit that that final showdown, that building was a pretty awesome set piece for that. Yeah. Like they did a I good agree. job of location scouting and, uh, you know, because it just it's set very, it's very up. cinematic. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. There was a lot going on in in multiple directions and angles. And did they mentioned... ever fit in in like in Bad Boys Two or anything anything about this woman or his kid or anything, or is just what completely retcon just for this movie? No, I, it was not. I, they never really gave a backstory to any of that. It wasn't mentioned that I because I, I just watched that today. The only thing that was a continuity thing that I caught for sure was that Martin Lawrence, Marx's daughter. The first date with a, her then husband in the new one mm-hmm. is part of is a scene in the in part two. So it's the oh. same actor or whatever. Yeah, oh, okay. it's the only two movies he's done actually. <laughs> but yeah, same same actress and same actor. And he was fifteen at the time in the movie. Well, they keep saying, "Oh, you look like you're 30. But yeah, they they completely harass the shit out of him. See, here's it's, the thing. It's funny too. Is that Will Smith says he was 25 years ago and they had just out just out of the academy and they pulled me out of the academy because nobody knew who I was and planted me down south. This was according to timelines because I watched these one right after the other. He was literally apparently did this and immediately when started started to work with uh the other with um the other guy Marcus with Marcus at the same at literally the same year. Miami Metro. Yeah. There's just there's just timeline inconsistencies, which honestly, in this movie, fine. I'm not expecting perfect continuity, but at the same time, be like, yeah, 30 years ago when I got out of the yeah, force, it's, it's, it's that easy to to change that. Yeah, yeah, you know, it just change change the number, add five more years to it, it would make more sense. Agreed. I, I, I would agree with that. I don't know. There, I mean, there were brief moments of entertaining action scenes like when they went to go honestly i thought the scene where they went to go arrest the accountant was pretty funny yeah Yeah. that was that was good and he gets tased from the back and that was like yeah that was entertaining i enjoyed that they could have done that a little bit better but at the same time they've got that and then they flip over to martin lawrence screaming about oh man you know it's it's like having an old man in your car the whole time i don't know i i wanted to enjoy this there were moments where I th- said to myself, I, I should be enjoying this more than I should. And then there were moments where I was like, man, I'm really in having a good time. But it was so up and down. Well, you know, this is the second time I saw this because I had watched this um, for maybe like a month ago when I was off work for a day. And then Laura hadn't seen it and wanted to see it. So um, I watched it again uh, last night. And th- I had the same thought the second time around as I did the first time where 
the sorry, Patrick, the not post credit sequence. Um, I apologize. I should have clarified <laughs> that. Um, the 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 you scene, wasted a minute and a half of my life. The scene immediately after the end of the movie. I feel like if that scene wouldn't have been there, you could have you could have still done that and still made a fourth movie if you felt like it was going to be profitable and that everybody wanted to come back. But you you could have also ended it what I felt like on a fairly high note. I mean, everything had closure, everybody had an ending, and things move forward in your in the world, but they didn't have to move forward as far as another film goes. And I kind of feel like that would have been the better choice than to say, "Oh, hey." I got some jobs you interested in helping out. Like, was it going to be like a Hannibal Lecter kind of thing? Or are they going to give him like Suicide Squad kind of privileges or something? That was my exact thought. I was like, what are we doing? Some kind of Suicide Squad ripoff? I, I, does, don't get me wrong. I'd watch it. But at the same time, I'm like, I kind of feel like you guys are, you, you should have just called it a day and either like continued the world with like ammo, like maybe gave them their own movie or uh, given, given your kid, like he gets out for some reason as a work release program or something. But again, it's like, that's not the true thing. Like if you want to do a spinoff, if you want to do whatever, that's fine. But it's like, you know, like, like people, it's, it's like the Indiana Jones trilogy. It's like, or, or series rather not trilogy, but you know, they they bring in you know this other character of a uh, mutt and everything and they start doing like you know oh we're gonna start transitioning to mutt instead of Indiana Jones it's like oh, we Shia don't Lamont. watch Indiana we don't watch Indiana Jones for mutt we don't watch Bad Boys for you know Will Smith's son it's like that's not what these movies are about if you're gonna do something like that start your own damn franchise you know move you know start a spinoff franchise or whatever but yeah it would be really annoying to be like oh Bad Boys four and it's all about you know Will Smith's son. I felt like it was a poor choice to have that scene. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like if they wouldn't have done that, they still could have gone that route. But this, it would have, if people didn't want to continue, they could have been happy with the end of the movie. And it would have been a Well, solid number ending. four is in, in the hopper right now. So we'll find out. And you could put that scene at the beginning of four instead of at the end of three. Like, exactly. Right. Or leave it as a deleted scene. On the, or on the or not even a deleted scene, just you know, Bad Boys Four, and then introduce that with in the trailer. There you right. go. Yeah, just use it in the trailer. There you go. Make yeah. it a teaser trailer for the the movie. Exactly. You put that in afterwards because I it seems to me that that was a little bit tacked on. It's like it's like all movies want to do anymore is like you know wrap things up with a bow, and then the first thing you do is just you know snip that bow right off. Be like, ah, just kidding. We didn't really we didn't really mean we were done. Or like that's, everything that's happening way too much in the last like decade or so. Or everything wants to be a franchise where like. <clears throat> well, that's I why just... they're doing it because they don't want to close the door on. Hey, well, if this is successful enough, we'll make it a franchise. We promise you. You know that's kind of what they're saying. You know, but it's like just you know like we don't need that scene to 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 like let us know that you're open to it. Believe me, we all know you're open to it. But when you wait like twenty years to make a sequel, almost or whatever. I mean, it's been a little more than that, but. <clears throat> it seems like though everybody wants to make some sort of a uh a franchise. I'm trying to think of what was that movie that I just saw. Uh is that it? Oh, Trick. What? Trick. It was a it was a horror movie. Uh it was uh oh god, what was the name of the guy that wrote it? Uh Todd Todd Farmer and Patrick Lucier. It's oh yeah. No, oh, good about... thing you came up with those names. <laughs> People in the horror community will know what I'm talking about. I I, I just had crepes with <clears throat> Tom Lucier. <laughs> Anyway, there's a 
yeah. a detective who's tracking down a mass murderer who goes by Trick, who's a he is like a serial killer type guy, but he always wears different masks. And they set up this huge lore and there's all this shit that goes on. But I don't I watched it and I'm like, OK, they're really trying hard to make a franchise, but. I don't care about the character. I don't like the villain. I don't, the, the movie was not good. And I like Todd Farmer and I like P- Patrick Lucier's stuff, but it was just garbage. And I'm like, I feel like that's kind of what they were doing here. They're like, okay, we waited this long. Oh, hey, it was really popular. People were excited. You know, let's keep going. No, that's when you end it. I know that. And that seems to be the thing. Ever since Marvel, everybody wants to have like a whole series, everybody wants a cinematic universe. Everybody and wants to have this whole world, you know, make a nobody movie. In the, nobody in Hollywood is willing to just end on top anymore. Right. You know, like, like, you have to keep going till you beat the dead horse. <laughs> exactly. You know what? Big Trouble in Little China was a great movie. I oh. would love to know more about that world. Can you imagine if that was made today? They'd, it'd be like Big Trouble in Little China Part um, 8. Yeah, I, I swear to God. It was, I mean, a standing alone, it's an amazing movie. The Revenge you know of I, Jack Burton's Grandchildren. <laughs> I know exactly everything I need to know about Big Trouble in Little China. And you know what it is? It's a great movie. I watch it, and it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. I don't need a sequel. I don't you, need a you remake. Didn't, you didn't give me so much of it that it made me sick of it. Exactly. You're not you're not like raking through the coals to find the, you know, the little bit that's left of the life of this movie. I will go back and watch this. There is a huge cult following of this movie. Why? It didn't do great at the theaters, but afterwards everybody saw this and went, "This is something that I really enjoy." Mm-hmm. A singular thing. You do not, not every studio needs a cinematic universe. Tell them the check's in the mail. <laughs> Tell them the check's in the mail? Yeah, that's what he says at the very end. Jack Burton. Tell them the check's in the mail. Oh, yeah, the driving. Have I paid my dues? The check's in the mail. God, I love that movie. Fuck this. I'm out. I'm going to go watch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I didn't. This was definitely better than the first one. Um, I'd never seen the second one, so I can't really say anything. But I mean, as a as a movie, I mean, it was average. I mean, it, I'm never gonna see it again. You know, I have no desire to watch it again. Yeah. It was it was well choreographed. The fight scenes were good. You know, most of the action scenes were okay. That one, the motorcycle chase scene was a little ridiculous. It was a little too much Buster Keaton. You know, but and but you know, it's a pretty movie. You know, and it's it's well done. I can't say it's just it's just there. It's, I don't know. I mean, not being a fan of the Bad Boys franchise, I didn't really get that excited about it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't hate it. Yeah, I mean, it, for what it was, it was a piece of vanilla cake. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, good boys. Good boys. What you gonna do? Good men. <laughs> good All right. Men. That was kind of entertaining. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, but, it had uh, a couple moments. I mean, Will, Will Smith has enough charisma to carry a movie. He's proven that over and over again. Mm-hmm. All right. Thumbs up, thumbs down. But you didn't have to kill Joy Pants. Yeah, no. that, was, that was disappointing, but slightly expected, but still disappointing. You know what? I will say that is the one moment where this movie took me took me aside. Yeah, I, I thought it was coming. I just didn't think it was coming then. Yeah. I thought it was going to happen at the wedding. <laughs> it was funny because, like, Suzanne's in the other room. She's like, what did you just say? I'm like, I said, oh, Joey Pants. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, I name all my pants. You didn't know that? You didn't know my these were my my pants that called Joey. The others are Louie and the other is Tony. My Tony pants. Anyway, thumbs up, thumbs down. What the hell am I talking about? Uh, I, I would go know. I would go thumbs down on the original and I mean I guess thumbs up on the on, on this one because it it wasn't bad enough that I you know I disliked it or anything. No. So. I'm with Pat on this one. I'm gonna go thumbs down on the original because 
Yeah. Because it deserves it. It deserves it. And <laughs> the second one, I'll give it a thumbs up that it's like, you know what? Yeah. You know what? It 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 checked off the boxes for a action comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm giving thumbs up to the entire franchise. Huzzah. Leave the boy in the well. <laughs> I'm not flip-flopping. All right. So, Joel, what do we have coming up? Well, for the last month of September, Blake's going to be joining us from last the history week. of bad ideas. So, yes, the last, last week, week in the Thorth of the Pippo. <laughs> Blake from the History of Bad Ideas podcast is going to be joining us for the last week of September, where we're going to be talking about the original Disney Cinderella animated film and the recent live action revamp telling whatever. And I won't be here. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Lucky you. Yeah, I can't wait till we watch something uh, good. It's been so oh long. Oh my god, yeah. It's not next week. I mean, so no, it's the original th- well, I'm not I'm not tipping hands, but the original Cinderella, but yeah, Jake, I'm sorry. Blake, I'm sorry. All right. So if uh you're looking for some of our back catalog of shows, you can find them on our favorite podcast app such as Podbean or Pandora. Give us a thumbs up over there. If you enjoy the show, we'd love to hear about it. So leave us a review on Apple, Google, or Amazon Podcasts. You can also support us through the Kofi link in the show notes and help us keep the uh, web hosting costs at bay. And remember, if you have an idea for a show, if you want to call us and find out what we think about some sort of then and now type of thing, give us a ring at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. And uh, again... Listen to the Hobie podcast, the History of Bad Ideas. They're part of the Geek Life Radio family. And uh, in the meantime, we will be back next week. And uh, be sure to dye your beard cocoa bean black or something like that. I don't even know what to say about this. Cocoa bean. Cocoa bean. Cocoa It's not as funny when you're crying, Kevin. Stop it.